Welcome back to Into Riverdale, a Riverdale rewatch podcast. As always, I am two-thirds of your host, and what the fuck was this episode? <laughs> I'm Daniel. Joining me is, of course, uh, the other third, Jesse. I'm just like a weird, confusing mishmash of scenes that don't really make any sense. Hell yeah, it was. Uh, you asked for them to get weird again, and boy, did they deliver. Like, I mean... It's great that they didn't have a realistic rape like rapist. Yeah. I just, you know, uh, there's, they drop, they drop the ball on having a plot that's coherent again. (laughs) Uh, Briefly, before we get into anything else, I just want to say that uh, I was on a Facebook thread discussing Riverdale with some people the other week, and someone said, and I haven't done any research into this, so this is all hearsay. But uh, someone said that Berlanti had originally written, uh, likely in like his undergrad or something, a uh, Archie-inspired play uh, that like the creators of Archie told him he couldn't put on. <laughs> but uh, apparently, it was about uh, Archie and Jughead moved to New York, and then Archie comes out as gay. And then uh, a few weeks later, in this very episode, when I'm rewatching it, Archie describes almost literally word for word the premise of that play to Jughead. <laughs> So, if you're uh, uh, waiting for Archie to move to New York with Jughead and come out as gay, um, anything's possible I, is all I'm, I'm saying. I'm just waiting for the like the very like awkward polycule that all of the main teams are clearly going to have. Yeah, one day. Mm. One day, bud. Yeah. Alright. Uh, back to business, let's do an actor spotlight. Today we will be spotlighting Moose. Uh, and that actor's name is... Cody Kearsley, born March 10th, 1991. Just a wee bit older than me. Almost the exact same age. Uh, older than me by, like, 13 days. But he is a Canadian actor, uh, best known for his portrayal of Moose Mason in Riverdale, and Turbo Pukowski in the Netflix series Daybreak, which I believe you watched, Jesse. Oh, yeah, no, I remember. No, I. No, he is. He is a daybreak. I just yep. remembered him. Oh. Uh, so he debuted in a starring role in the film Borealis, which he was also credited as a writer on. Uh, and that was in 2016. Sorry, there's a car outside my window. All right. And then in 2017, he went on to play a minor role in the film Power Rangers. <laughs> Uh, this is what I was trying to look up before the uh, recording. He played the role of Hawkeye in Power Rangers, and I do not remember any character named Hawkeye in the movie Power Rangers. I feel like that would stand out, right? Right. Like, there weren't that many characters in Power Rangers either. It was the main kids, Zordon, Alpha, and uh, Rita, and that was, like, it. So I have no... Maybe he was Jason's friend that jacked off the cow at the start of the movie? Maybe. 
I, I have no idea, but apparently he was in the Power Rangers movie. Well, all I know is that he wasn't he wasn't Rita who was ripping the gold out of homeless man's mouth. You that know. was pretty good. Uh, real shame about Goldor. That was a real misstep. I mean, come on, you could you could have threw us a bone, or yeah. or or a Goldar. I mean, go. Also, sorry, not not to get on my uh, Power Rangers soapbox, but I will for just one sec. Listen, they paid for the rights to the original theme song because they have an orchestral arrangement that happens of the main theme song of the show for about 10 seconds in the movie, which means they paid for the rights to the most banging ass butt rock surfing kick ass theme song in the history of television. And they were like, we're just not going to use it. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You had one job and it was to use the theme song. You know what have been real fucking awesome? Like, okay, so first off, okay, whatever. They, you know, the shitty Goldar. And they finally learn how to, mm-hmm. they finally learn how to put all their Zords together. They make the Megazord. And then all of a sudden you hear that, like in the background, like right before, I don't know. Yeah. That's whatever. Uh, I actually ha- made a uh, video on YouTube called, uh, something like, uh, three, three ways Power Rangers 2017 could have been better if Dean Israelite wasn't a coward. It's just three scenes where I overlay the theme song on top of, and I'm like, this is better now. And it was. Uh, it was when they first uh, morph for the first time and do that slow walk out of the base. So when they fight those putties and then uh, the Megazord fight, and all of them fucking bang with the theme song behind it. So uh, I should be the one in charge of the new Power Rangers movie, is what I'm saying. I don't know if this is sacrilegious at all, but I do kind of like the movie version of Zordon, where it's just like, I don't fucking care about you shitheads just get better no no I, no one cares about the zordon was fine alpha surprisingly worked uh the suits did actually look a lot better in motion than the promotional stills uh megazord still looks like ass goldar still looks like ass so you got 40 percent of the way there yeah, the black i think the black power ranger look was i, I like him a lot he was really cool Sure. I forget who played him, <laughs> you know, but Ludi Lin. Yeah, he's pretty cool. Uh, you know, I, I liked it. Yeah. It's whatever. It's just... Who who would go on to fuck a dude in Black Mirror on the internet? Hmm. That's cool. Yep. Um. Anyway. Uh. Not a whole lot else to talk about with uh Cody. Other things to mention are uh he was on an episode of Ali Zombie as uh Gulliver. And that's it. That's the rest of uh, his profile. Okay. So that's that's Cody, everybody. Let's get into this episode, then. This is Season 2, Episode 7, Chapter 20, Tales from the Dark Side. And as you might guess from uh, that title, this is an episode that's been segmented into uh, various chunks, as if they are telling individual tales. It's It's got kind of a Halloween-y feel to it, which is appropriate because uh, Halloween just happened. This will be like three weeks after Halloween by the time you, the listener, hear it, but for us, in real time, it's rather appropriate. Yeah. And also... I think I actually watched this on Halloween, so... We also, um... We're still on the recap thing, but I was Mm -hmm. jarred, very jarred, by the intro of this, like, past recap. They they do this, like, old-timey film thing, like it's a Blair Witch Project or Twilight Zone, kind of that vibe, you know? They're like, what you're about to witness are three twisted tales, and it's like this scrolling text thing. Um, so it's a, it's a different framing device for this one-off episode. 
which seems to actually have a lot of plot relevance. Yeah, although yeah, <laughs> like, like again, barely any plot, but has a lot more relevance than I think half the episodes before this mm-hmm. one. So it's weird. We're, so, weird to have this framing device. Yeah, uh, as as we mentioned last time, this is the episode where the Black Hood sends out another manifesto where he challenges the town of Riverdale to not sin for 48 hours. What do you mean? <laughs> like, again, okay, like... It's so good. Are they... Is this based off of, like... Like, what type of sin? There's so many types of sin! Yeah. I mean, and one of the first shots of this episode is Betty and Jughead in bed, probably just after having sex... That's probably a sin. Yeah, well, you know what? I can, can guarantee you that Jughead right now is wearing mixed fibers. You know, what type yeah. of sin are we I mean, talking about? He's got about? a tattoo. That's also a sin. Um, you're not supposed to uh, ink your body, I don't believe. Like, yeah, it's just, yeah, they're just kind of, kind of talking about the black. I'd be like, yeah, what's, what's going on? Oh, uh, Betty's got a new theory. <laughs> and that theory is that Sheriff Keller is the black. Which, to be fair, it's a good guess. Yeah, I mean, he's about the same build. He's not the same uh, height, The though. other guy, he's shorter. The, the sugar man did get shot inside a jail cell, which, boy, Riverdale security, not great, huh? It's almost as if they never had much of a crime problem until this exact year. Um, you know, except for all the crime, like the riots that happened to yeah, Jesse. Yeah, <laughs> I'd still, you think they would have a beefier jail system. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is also the... Uh, First establishment that uh, Sabrina and Riverdale take place in the same universe because Jughead and Archie are going to take a road trip to Greendale because of Penny Peabody, who has come to call on her favor from Jughead. Um, She says that uh, because of their stunt with the ghoulies, FP got roughed up in jail. And so uh, he needs to do this thing for Penny Peabody. uh, And if he does, then she will take the money from this job and put it toward getting FP out of jail. And that's how she convinces him to do this delivery job for her. Which which we've only talked about it as pancake mix. Yes, she says, let's just call it pancake mix, but it's uh, pretty... I mean, Jughead knows it's drugs. I mean, it's, even it, though it's, a, it's a jingle jangle, of course. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's... Oh, yeah, it would be because they make Jingle Jingle in Riverdale. So, yeah, they're they're bringing it to Greendale. Fucking weird box to bring it in. It's a huge crate that's chained up. Like, there's a beast in there. Uh, not normally how one smuggles drugs, but okay. I think... Wait. Oh, man. I kind of wish the chilling, uh, the chilling Adventures of Sabrina had, uh, had a Jingle Jangle scene. Just one Jingle Jangle scene. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and this show also does a thing where um, all these storylines kind of take place over the same course of time, and so they'll rewind time for each one, and there'll be, like, little inserts where the scenes cross over, so, like, uh, Cheryl will just push those uh, Jughead and Archie aside and said, out of the way, losers, and later we'll learn why she was in such a rush. I... Uh, this also... Oh, sorry, I go ahead. I forgot how quickly this goes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, this, uh, this episode also... Uh, calls me a big fat liar about how I said the uh, Josie and Cheryl being good friends doesn't really come back. Yeah. It came back in a big way yeah, this you're... episode. I think the reason I, I, I didn't remember is because they have zero chemistry as friends. Um, Cheryl just acts in a way that doesn't she doesn't act with anyone else on the show, so it just feels like she's being very fake. Well, you know, maybe maybe we're just so used to her being like 
just like queen shit of of fuck yeah I, but i mean like compare how she acts with josie with how she acts with like veronica and tell me which one feels more genuine like a friendship i mean veronica but, but at the same time we barely see her personal life outside of her being just the queen shit of fuck mountain yeah so you know yeah maybe but i mean i think she's she she is that in my heart she is that in her off time as well uh, yeah i feel like i feel like she's just randomly by herself being like just stealing the seed from herself yeah. Yeah, but we the, what uh, we just talked to is basically we cut to that night. Jughead's just like, "Hey, you owe me. You owe me. Th- 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 let's yeah. get your dad's truck." And uh, yeah, for for that stunt with the ghoulies, you're gonna help me with this. Yeah. And then uh, Archie's concerned that Jughead's getting even deeper into this life with the gang. Which, uh, to be fair, from Archie's perspective, if we've never seen any of the serpent stuff that Jughead does, and like you think in real life, my friend has joined a gang. I would also be concerned about him. <laughs> uh, I think I would too. Yeah, but uh, Archie's concerned about Jughead. Uh, and then they blow a flat, so they're trying to get uh, Kevin to come pick them up because Kevin's got a truck as well. Um, but then a creepy man in a pickup truck pulls up in the middle of the night and is like, "Hey, kids, do you need a rod?" And I swear that's a character actor I've seen before. Probably. Uh, we'll look it up. I don't think he comes up in any other episode. If he does, I'd be real car, wheeled car back. Wheeled, weird callback. I would love for him to show up in season four just out of nowhere and be a main plot point. <laughs> yeah, but like, it's just like, it's this uh, older, older black gentleman. Also, this episode, I think has more people of color in it than white people. Hmm. Maybe. Uh, we'll have to keep track of that, but... uh, yeah. yeah, but he's kind of dressed up as, hey, I'm the creepy uh, creepy redneck who will yeah. kill you. It, it's very... Uh, uh, What's that mo- That really famous movie, but horror movie about... Yes. It's very Deliverance. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna make a... He's gonna make a joke hit squeal like a pig. Yeah. And he's only got room in the truck for one of them, which I don't think is true, but <laughs> uh, apparently his name is McGinty from the uh, subtitles. I don't think we ever actually get that in the show, but... Man, I hope he comes back. If he's in season four as a main plot point, I'll love it. That'd be I'd so good. I love that character. Yeah, he's got, he's got a uh, something covered in a tarp in the back of his truck, and is like, now don't you go look under that tarp. And then he fucking just NPC dumps on Jughead in this car. Because <laughs> I don't know where he's like, you know what? This reminds me of the Riverdale Reaper. You ever hear about the Riverdale Reaper? Well, way back in the day, the Riverdale Reaper killed a bunch of people. <laughs> and some say he's still out there. <laughs> it's great. I love it. It's fucking. <laughs> yeah, they. And he plays this so creepy for no reason. I love it. He does. He only. The only way he looks at people is the steak guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think his eyes open fully the entire time. He's just like squinting, like just like I fucking hate you, like the entire time. Yeah. And I do really love him. He's very good. Yeah, he's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, Dreamcasting. <laughs> Replace Kevin with him. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also, instead of AAA, they have Triple C. 
cute. Yeah, it's real cute. Oh, and then uh, Archie sees a creepy, blood-soaked deer. Oh, I get it now, because uh, the hunter killed the rest of the Bambi's family, I guess. I thought that was just, like, ambiance, because they're near Greendale. Oh, I thought that was gonna be, hey, this is, um... Th- some, this is someone's witch's familiar. Right, yeah, I thought... Because yeah. it's, like, a very CGI deer, and it looks directly at Archie, and is covered in blood. So I was like, oh, it's just a creepy Greendale thing. No, because Jughead looks under the tarp, and it's a bunch of dead deer. So I think the implication is that it's the surviving deer from when this man killed all the other deer. This feels okay. So, uh, so they stop uh, mm-hmm. uh, to, get, to gas. get gas and fills it up, and um, he sees the blood. Uh, like Jughead sees blood, like kind of pouring out, and he looks under the uh, the tarp, which has flies buzzing around it. And it yeah. turns out it's like a, it's just a deer, which... It, yeah, it's just some deer. I mean, I mean, it's not great. He did not murder the deer great. I'll say that. <laughs> you want more clean shots normally, because that means there's less buck, you know, like, well, less either buckshot or, depending on how you're hunting, yeah. or less lead. Um, I mean, we don't really necessarily see where the shot is, just that he didn't, like, drain the deer before he put in the truck, so it pulled a little bit. But I feel like a hunter would know that, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, I I think the implication is also that he was doing some illegal hunting, because uh, even though he makes a point of telling Jughead, I saw you look under my tarp, don't worry, I got license and everything. I mean, why would you tell someone to not look under your tarp unless uh, what you were doing is very illegal under there? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, now he's going to tell Jughead the story of the Riverdale Reaper, which is just that a dude broke into a house and shot the entire family dead with a shotgun. Man, I hope he's the. I hope he's a reaper. Oh, you hope this guy's I the reaper. I want to be the reaper. Maybe we'll never know, <laughs> or we will, because he's uh he's the main character in season five. <laughs> God, that rules so hard. We get <laughs> instead of Jughead uh, like writing a newspaper article, it's like him just being like, <laughs> <laughs> "Do you know what this reminds me of? The Riverdale Reapers. What all of them sinned. They sinned real hard. I'm gonna shoot all of them like a deer." <laughs> <laughs> this part made me laugh. <laughs> yeah. So the trucker, the hunter guy. Is like, my friend will pay for this because they stopped at the diner that's connected to the gas station. And Jughead's uh, like, Bro, when you picked me up, I said I had $18 and I gave that to you for gas money. And he's like, Well, not my problem. Bye. Luckily, luckily, like, Archie decided to follow him. Yeah. So it was just like, Go, I have a well, debit card. Because Archie got like his car, got the truck fixed because he called Triple C, which means that Jughead could have really just waited. And then they wouldn't have had to have a ride with the creepy hunter man. Well, well, the reason why is because it was almost it was almost midnight. And they were supposed to deliver before right. midnight. But I mean, it turns out that he could have just waited, and it would have ended a lot better. Yeah. I also love that this dude's whole plan was just to calm this kid out of a free meal at this gas station. <laughs> <laughs> I love this dude. He's so good. This dude, this dude rules, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah, also, they have to get this uh, delivered before midnight, because Penny, Bebo- Penny Peabody says, you don't want to be in Riverdale after midnight. Ooh, spooky, because witches live or there. Or Greendale. Or Greendale, sorry, yes, yeah, so you don't want to be in Greendale after midnight. Wait, did this... No, the Chilling Adventures probably came out around this time, right? 
Probably, yeah. This, what, this was like 2017, 18? Yeah, 17, I think. Okay. Yeah, it's Because uh, season two, yeah, because I think this the show started in 16. Okay. Yeah, because Chilling Adventures um, would have came out around this time. Yeah. So uh, the crate also says it's from Miskatonic University. I don't know if that means anything. Oh, it's a left uh, two. Oh, okay. Two uh, incredibly shady, very fake-looking people that look like they came out of Clue sh- roll up and are like, "This is for us. Uh, you will be making regular deliveries for us now, Jughead Jones." Like, I'm gonna, I. There's no plot threads. <laughs> no. Like, like, I forgot how quickly, like, each thing goes. Yeah, well, because I have to fit, like, four yeah, of them wh- into one episode. When I, watch, when I was watching, I'm just like, wow, this is this is a lot of plot. But, like, you know, it seems paced okay. Rewatching it, yeah. I'm just like, what was I thinking? <laughs> what was I thinking? It makes no sense. I, I do love... Uh, They've upgraded the, the lighting of the diner in Pop's uh, chocolate shop, and it looks so good. It does actually. Oh um, wait, this is yeah. this is almost by lighting actually. Yeah, it's uh, they really are blasting a lot of blue through the window and then highlighting with red neon, and it gives that really uh, Blade Runner esque like just hyper reality uh, coloring to the scene. It's very good. I appreciate it. I will say, <clears throat> okay, Archie's face. Don't tell me that's not almost not by lighting right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, <clears throat> Jughead's pretty much just uh, Jughead and Archie are both talking about like you know, it it sucks to be him. Uh, yeah, basically. Yeah, they're commiserating at Pops. Um. And we might have missed the scene where Archie... I think we missed the scene where Archie tells Jughead how he fantasizes about them living in New York together in a totally not gay way. <laughs> see, I feel like... See, I feel like this would be the perfect scene for them to kiss, though. Like, right here. Just right. Like, kiss, you know? Um, They're yeah. so softly lit. Jughead even asked after Archie lays out his incredibly detailed fantasy about them living together in New York, so where's Veronica and Betty in this situation? <laughs> and Archie... Uh, very quickly on his feet says, oh, they live on Park Avenue in this scenario. Uh, <laughs> Not with us, because no, we get, we gotta have bro time. Yeah, so we have to we have to live together, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so Archie offers Jughead a ride home, because um, it's almost on, and Jughead says, no, visiting hours start at sunrise, so he's gonna go see his dad. His dad's just fine. Uh, yeah, his dad's completely okay, so Jughead realizes that Penny lied to him, but now she's got him on video uh, handling... Something illegal, uh, which honestly this wouldn't hold up in court because it's just a box. No. There's nothing illegal about moving a no, box. But it's not even like a crate, like a crate that you would ship things in normally. It just looks like a really yeah. elaborate chest. Yeah, you you can't prove anything with that video. But Jughead's also 15, so he falls for this uh, and and believes he's being blackmailed. <laughs> Apparently, FP made a promise that he couldn't keep. So you know, yeah. sins of the so father. Now she's yeah. Exactly. Jughead looks like Rufford. Now for tale two. Yeah, Josie. Yeah, Josie. And she's playing Spooky. Yes. Which, is this original? Which, I don't know this song. Uh, I don't think so, because they play, like, a version that isn't her later on. And we meet Mr. Svensson, the creepy janitor that's definitely been here the whole time. <laughs> this is so weird. 
Yeah, Spooky is a real song from the Classics 1V. <sighs> or Classics 4, sorry. Yeah, again, Josie doesn't play covers. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, so Josie's been practicing late after school. Also, notice how fucking blue the hallway is that Svensson comes through. <laughs> it's insane. I love it. Um, yeah, she's been practicing late after school every night for some reason. We find out later it's because she's trying to break solo. Uh, and so she's got to get her set together for that. But uh, now she's leaving and it's, ooh, it's real spooky because it's so late. No one's here. But uh, there's noises. Yeah. And then we uh, we cut to her going to the Four Seasons, um, yep. where her and uh, her mother are staying because her mother is being like threatened and whatnot. Yes, her mother doesn't feel safe in their home anymore, and she reveals um, that she's actually been receiving death threats over the Black Hood. Yeah. Um, and also her mom's upset because Josie's been out late um, for this reason that she reveals later. And then Josie's like, oh, now I get it. Yeah, and so this is a lot. This is the most we've ever seen Josie hang out with Cheryl. And again, it Cheryl just doesn't act like Cheryl when she's around Josie. You know, sometimes um, people like, you know, kind of chill out. Yeah. You know. But not Cheryl Blo- not not Cheryl Bombshell. <sighs> I mean, she's still <laughs> sassy. You know. Barely. Um yeah, but apparently Cheryl got her this uh audition with like a major producer as um, a thank you for her stepping in to beat the shit out of Nick St. Clair. And we also learn here that someone's been putting uh, like little teddy bears and stuff in Josie's locker with things that say, you know, totally innocuous things like, I'm always watching you. Also, um, I'm just going to say a thing that uh, thing that Cheryl just did. It'd be like, hey, mm-hmm. you know, I'm always here for you. And she does a thing where she like kind of like runs her fingers up uh, Josie's thing. Oh yeah, this is like she's definitely. Bi. This is the uh, yeah. This is the first reveal of uh, true reveal of Cheryl's sapphic tendencies. Like she is so sapphic. And you know what? Maybe maybe it's because like she maybe she hangs out with Josie because she's like into her, but didn't know it. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I mean, later we see her, like, actually drawing a picture of them together. It's real gay. Um, Yeah. I think also the reason why I I don't buy this is because, um, as you know, thank you, Netflix, uh, Cheryl will eventually end up with Tony, and they, their chemistry is so much better than this. Whatever the fuck this is, um, isn't it? You know, she's a baby gay. Yeah. Um, But uh, Chuck uh, has... I don't, was this like, was she practicing during passing period, I guess? Because people were walking the hall, but he comes and visits her in the music room, and is like, I'd like to take you out. I know I'm a huge creep, but think about it. Yeah. And uh, Cheryl's like, being like, hey, you know, you need to keep on practicing for the for the person. Um, yeah. And she's like, I don't know who's more controlling, you or my mom. And Yeah, Cheryl's kind of stepped into the role of, like, her manager. Yeah. Also, also, Cheryl is uh, pretty much like, hey, like, you did a really big favor for me. I feel like I kind of owe you a lot. So, yeah, this is how yeah, she's explaining. Yeah, this is how I'm dealing. Yeah, so. Um, and then after school, Josie goes to the school's locker room for a eucalyptus steam. Uh, so, which I guess this school has because they have so much money because the South Side has none. Um, because her throat's acting up, and Melody actually gets lines yeah. uh, as she and Valerie confront Josie because they've heard that she's breaking solo. She's pulling a Beyonce. Yep. 
Um, and they both tell her to fuck off because they're both deeply hurt by that. Well, they probably should have gotten their names integrated into the band because all she has to do is change right. the, <laughs> to change and. Oh, well, all she has to do is take the and out, be Josie the Pussycat, and that's it. It's almost the same. So, yeah, apparently yeah. night is happens in the middle. Yeah, um, and then she's walking around uh, the the hallways of the school, and she's like, yeah. she runs into uh, Chuck, and... Uh, right. Well, she's hearing, like, spooky noises again, and she's very freaked out, but then she runs into Chuck, and uh, she asks him to give her a ride home because she's so freaked out and wants, you know, a big, strong man. Well, no. Not really. Just a guy, a person yeah. near her, because you know, because it helps that he's like big and strong, though I'm sure. Yeah, um, but he he pulls a. I'm gonna say kind of a scummy move. Be like, hey, I'll take you home, but why don't we, uh, you know, stop at a place before? Yeah. And they go to yeah, and takes her to pops. Yeah, um, and then Chuck is just like, hey, I know I was a creep, and now I'm uh now t- I've changed. I'm going to church now. Also, apparently, apparently, uh. He's also taking art classes. Apparently, he wants to uh, draw comics or books or children books. See, I believe the comics, the kids' books, laying it on a little thick, my guy. Well, I mean, I mean, if you get a good chi- uh, child's book, like you, you roll in royalties for like decades. I'm, I'm just saying that, like, I believe Chuck as a character would be into drawing comics. I don't soup. That feels very much like I volunteer at the soup kitchen, kind of like. Oh, I'm a good guy because you see, I I want to work on kids' books. I love ki- like it's just I don't buy that. Yeah, we uh, also pop like goes over like like he was being paid. Oh right, like hey, it's yeah. cool to see like, you. Hey Chuck, great to see you at church. Why don't you get Why don't you get this Why don't you get this empty seat filled? Yeah, by by this. And then they dance like they're in the fifties in this diner because why not? Yeah, although they do, like, wholesome dancing, but also, like, kind of grinding at the same time. I'm just yeah. saying, make it less horny, dudes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, normally, I'm not, normally, I'm not, uh, though, the horny police, but, you know, don't grind in the Pope's chocolate shop. And then her mom crashes the party because uh, she hasn't been answering her phone. And I think her mom reacts pretty... I'm gonna say pretty like really within the context of her like receiving death threats, including one that mentions Josie. It makes sense. We just don't know it at this point. Yeah. Um, but she explains it here. Also, sheriff colors here because why not? <laughs> well, we know why. Yeah. Oh yeah, we do actually. <laughs> no, we know. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> Also, yeah, this is the episode we got to see him shirtless. Aren't you happy, Jesse? Yeah, like I just wish I wish there was a, like a, I don't know, maybe maybe there needs to be more like homoeroticism in this show. Um, <laughs> like you know, why don't why don't we more wh- ISIS videos? Yeah, more homoerotic <laughs> ISIS videos, please. <laughs> like, well, okay, here here's a plot point that I think would be real good. Mm. Okay. Okay. Maybe Sheriff Keller has to uh, has to get into like this weird shirtless push up uh, push up contest with uh, with Archie for some reason, and then we also just have I don't know like the Reggie and some of the other people. I don't know. Maybe just have some more shirtless people who are also real hot. 
All right, no, here's what's going to happen, Jesse, all right? The Black Hood's going to set up a mud pit in the middle of town, <laughs> and he's going to say, only those without sin can defeat me in wrestling, and then all the men in town will have to wrestle him. Wait, is the Black Hood the creepy janitor? <laughs> no, he's too dumpy. Wouldn't it fucking suck if they introduced a creepy janitor midway through a season and was like, this guy's actually the killer? I mean, they almost did that last season. Yeah. <laughs> Cheryl also being very touchy-feely, because again, she's incredibly I gay. feel like she's like Jones and Jones and for that, uh, for the, uh, for a little bit of uh-huh. sapphic, uh, for sapphic love, and she just, she ain't getting it, yeah. Uh, Oh no, that that would be Jughead. She is blossoming. Oh, for she's that blossoming. Love. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jughead is Jonesed for a little bit of relief from his life right now. Yeah. Um, and so uh, it's very obvious that Svensson is the one putting the giving these gifts to Josie from the way he's always creeping in the background and looking at her. Um, and then they go to the music room and find a note with a drawing of her that reads, "If I can't have you, no one can." And with a box. So they open up the box and it's a pig's heart. Um, totally just normal things to do when you're trying to woo a woman. Also, I don't think he's thinking this through. She's like, what, 15, 16? Yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah, it's not great. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, also, sorry, they also think Chuck's been doing it because Chuck, you know, says he likes her. And then he kind of dodges around when she asks, are you the one who's been putting things in my locker? He's like, I could be if you want me to. So he doesn't really confirm or deny. So now they're like, hey, you fucking creep. Stay the fuck away from me with your creepy ass heart sacrifices. I think it's so funny. Literally, in, within the last five minutes, every time Josie brought up something about the presence, the janitor was just in the background, just glancing. Just hanging out, cleaning. Every or single whatever. time. It's so funny. It's a lot like how the janitor in Scrubs just always happen to be in the background mopping something. Um, this guy's just always around. Yeah, else actually. Also, uh, um, oh, go ahead. Also, yeah. Cheryl be like, "Hey, if we didn't know that the black hood was some creepy white dude, I would have thought it was oh, yeah. you." Yeah. Um, and then Spence is like, "Hey, is this guy bothering you?" And he manhandles him to the principal's office, which I think is outside of your responsibilities as a janitor and does consent, uh, count as assault. Yeah, only only uh, school resource officers can shoot uh, just a child. Right, <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Get away with yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so we cut to... We cut to... Now that they feel that the uh, creepy gift-giving thing has been handled, Josie feels a lot safer... And is now practicing once again late at night. But uh, sinister music is playing, so we know all is not right. Also because it's so obvious that Svensson is the dude doing all this shit. Oh, right. And then uh, we see the Black Hood creeping up behind her, and he slashes her throat, and she wakes up because it was a nightmare. Um, But she screamed so loudly when she woke up or something that... uh, it ruined her throat. Oh, yeah, because she had, uh, like, polyps or something. She had to be, like, careful about oh, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was already having throat troubles, and then she'd give that <laughs> very loud scream from the scary dream, and now, how will she sing? Yeah. Meanwhile, 
Cheryl is basically doing like she's like one step away from getting a U-Haul and some cats and just take it yeah. and just move it in with Josie. <laughs> she's literally sketching her and Josie posing together while listening to Josie's song on her phone or whatever. Like and she's like, this is totally regular heterosexual behavior I'm doing right now. She's putting on she's putting on some flannel. She's driving a super. Right. <laughs> All right, Jesse, let's relax. She would be the fa- she'd be a lipstick lesbian. Oh, let's mean, not she- let's not get crazy I here. Mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess she would be a lipstick lesbian. Well, yeah, she would be a lipstick lesbian. But <clears throat> uh, but now it's Kevin and Veronica's turn. Uh, I would say Kevin, Veronica, and Betty's turn. Well, I mean, the actual caption for this segment was Kevin and Veronica. Well, I mean, I feel like there's a lot more Betty than <laughs> Kevin in this, but you know, it's whatever. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, God, this whole this whole segment's so fucking weird, and I'm kind of into it. <laughs> this whole Kevin's like, <laughs> my dad's ahead. acted all weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he's he just doesn't sleep. He's always sneaking out late at night. I don't know. And Betty's like, something's going on with Kevin's dad. Ron's like, yeah, it's so obvious. And they're like. Okay, we'll say it on three. One, two, three. Betty says, I think he's a black hood. Veronica says, he's having an affair. <laughs> and <laughs> one of them is right. <laughs> yes. Um. Betty doesn't want to believe that it's an affair. She really wants to believe he's a black hood. And Veronica's like, this is stupid. <laughs> this is really stupid. You've had some dumb ideas, Betty. This tops it. Um, And then... So Veronica says, I have a great plan. Kevin, to cheer you up, we're going to have a sleepover at your house. A normal, regular thing that high schoolers do. Yeah, and Kevin is so weird in this episode. Yeah, Kevin's very weird in this episode. He, like, really regresses a couple years, four or five years. He really feels like a 12-year-old. Like, yeah, um... Yeah, so Betty does her her only mode of investigation, which is a fake story for the blue and gold. Right. And Sheriff Keller... You'd think some of these people would, like, follow up and be like, hey, when's that article coming out? And and Sheriff Keller is, like, all but too happy to show, hey, you know how this yeah. is a crime-ridden town? Oh, yeah, these, this active crime investigation here. Look at my case files. Aren't they neat? Yeah, look. He's- here, let me show you where the man died. Check this out. Isn't this cool? High school girl? Someone was shot right here. The other thing about it, too, you're showing a 15 or 16-year-old girl. Hey, you know how we're supposed to protect the town? Well, people could just go in here at any point. Yeah, we suck shit, man. (laughs) Check this out. This is where the body was. We had to move this. Isn't this cool? Yeah, Kevin's, like, showing her some weird homebrew fantasy (laughs) game he's created that... It definitely looks like he plays by himself in his room. It's very strange. And Veronica is not even trying to pretend. She's yeah. like, I don't, I don't know. And if you roll a six, you can take over the kingdom of Theodore. Interesting. Yeah, so she goes to get a glass of milk for her and Kevin, and uh, she's talking to Betty, and she's like, here, I'm going to prove that Sheriff Keller is cheating. Don't even worry about it. Um, Betty's like, well, can you at least look in the basement for something creepy? I know he's the killer. Just do it. Just invade his privacy. 
Well, first she asked uh, about the office, but the office is locked. So she's like, well, at least check out the creepy basement. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> you know, if you ever want to see uh, Sheriff Keller, uh, you know, half naked. Yep. Here it is. Here it is. You, you have to go Although, to the basement. Although, also, like, Betty's presuming that he is the killer, and she's like, hey, well, he's probably home. Go look for evidence for me. If you find some, I'm sure it will be fine. My best friend, risk your life like this for me. Oh, she hears some loud grunting? Oh, yeah, she does. Mm. Uh, Sheriff Keller, shirtless in his basement gym, just pumping that iron. Yes, daddy. Uh, yeah, and like, and the great thing about it is like he's like buff, but like a like a like a dad buff type, you know, like still yeah. has some love handles, but you know, you can tell he yeah. works out. Also, oh my god, yeah. okay, every time he goes like move his shoulders in a way that flexes. Oh, mm, mm. yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, so Betty says, or sorry, Veronica said she was looking for a drink, and then she starts flirting with him because this is gonna somehow prove that he's cheating on his wife because he. <laughs> Because he's having an affair, so he'll definitely want to sleep with this 15-year-old. I really think the show needs to contextualize that these are mostly 15 to 16-year-olds. They will never do this, Jesse. <laughs> like, if they were, like, seniors or juniors. Watch these sexy 20-somethings pretend to be teenagers. She talks about how hard it must be with the wife away. All that pressure building up must be looking for some release. Kevin mentioned things have been... Stressful lately with the black hood and everything. It must get super hard with all the pressure without Mrs. Color. Where is she stationed again? Bahrain. Uh, it's a naval base there. That can't be easy. How do you cope? Maintaining a lot of very direct eye contact. And then Kevin shows up with a glass of milk. Hey, Veronica, what are you doing out here with my dad? And uh, Sheriff Cousin's like, hey, pal, in a tone that's very much like, the adults are talking, what can I do for you, my child? Hello, my child, who is just having sex with random strangers in the middle of the woods. Right. <laughs> like, it's a fuck, this is a fucking weird episode, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is fucking, but uh, he does sneak out at night, and Veronica catches that. She's like, huh. She seems to have forgotten about the affair thing. Maybe because he didn't want to fuck a 15-year-old? I can't tell. You know, maybe he's not a pedophile. Or, I'm sorry, sorry. Yeah. We have libertarian listeners. A bebophile. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Betty's like, look, a drug head was found dead in the south side. That doesn't happen every day. It was totally Sheriff Keller. She's like, he keeps his lo office locked. Why? What could... Why, why would he do that? It's not like someone broke into his house in the season one and stole all his casework. Yeah, it's... Why would he Why would he lock up? Why would he have security? That, I don't get it. He must be the Black Hood. It's almost as if he's like the sole police officer in this whole goddamn city that is apparently crime-filled. I just don't... I love that Betty's own father broke into this house and stole evidence, and she's like, I just don't understand why he would lock things up. <laughs> <laughs> he showed he said yeah i broke in he's he, he admitted it to her directly yeah <laughs> like uh, man, I just but uh betty being friends with kevin knows that they keep a key under the potted plant so she breaks into their house and picks the lock with her established uh bobby pin lock picking skills and uh it goes to hunt for evidence 
Again, I just, I don't understand why he'd lock that if, you know, people are just walking into his house and stealing things from him. Can't imagine why. And she also acts like this crime wall is some sort of uh, damning evidence. It's it's almost um, as if he's a investigator. Investigating this case, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Betty, everyone who has a crime wall is a real psycho. <laughs> you who had two of them. <laughs> you had two of them. <laughs> <laughs> and Sheriff Keller, um, she goes to their drawers Sheriff, and uh, finds a hood. And Sheriff, like Sheriff Keller, goes in and is just like, "Hey, hey I'm calling your dad." Like, uh, the person who broke into my house. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, here's a great thing. Hal just plays off real good, or they forgot. I don't know which one. Oh. He's just like, yeah, I don't know where she would have got this idea from. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but yes, uh, Sheriff Color explains that Hood is the one he took off Archie, who took it off uh, Reggie. And that's what that is. Um, here, look at my logbook. Uh, it shows that I have an alibi for all the times the Black Hood killed someone, even though, like, if I were the Black Hood, I'd imagine that's pretty easy to fake. Oh, especially if you're um, the guy who's investigating. Like, yeah. But hey, you know, FP faked time cars, and that was considered evidence, so why the fuck not? Who cares? Yeah, like Christ. This town is a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just really upset that they don't have a better, like, better fortified police. Uh, the Black the black Hood had just a regular-ass crowbar broken. Yeah. I mean, it's it's... Because again, uh, it's Schrongdinger's uh, Riverdale, where it's exactly as big or small as it needs to be. So they're definitely hearkening back to, you know, Andy Griffith ass, small town, very little crime. Of course, the police officer doesn't have a lot of security. He's never really needed it. Um, you know, except for all the times when there was a riot and there's ri- oh, roaming gangs and all of that. But, you know, aside from that, it's just him, you know. Mm. So Betty and Veronica like go follow kill stakeout stakeout yeah. and they follow him to a seedy motel. He's carrying a bag and they're like, he probably has his next victim locked up in that motel right now because that's definitely <clears throat> the mo of the Black Hood up to this point. The Black Hood definitely kidnaps people to, and puts them in remote locations to murder them and doesn't just roll up on them uh, like he has for literally every other person. I'm sure you're right, Betty. Yeah, also, it turns out that uh, Chef Keller's fucking the mayor, which is probably yep. why he's always with her, because he'd be like, yo, if I'm with you, like we can just fuck all the time. Yep. <laughs> uh, they are both having affairs, because both of them are married. Yep. And turns out that Veronica's right. And uh, Betty yep. just wants to, you know, find someone. And uh, yeah, uh, we see we see the uh, so we see the boys go. Yeah, come in, and they're like, "Hey, should we call them over?" No, they look like they're having a bro moment. Or bromant, sorry. Yeah, oh yeah, she calls it a bromant because this is Riverdale. Also, um, also like, uh, do you think do you think they would move to New York together and not with us at all, like their girlfriend, <laughs> but like just move together to New York? And like just like live together, like have they'll get a one bedroom apartment. And they'll say they have one bed to save money, but you know, you know, that's very disaster artist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we we all agree that Mark and Tommy like 
did some stuff in that apartment, yeah. right? No, one hundred percent. We okay. <laughs> I'm glad we're all on the same page. There's no way that Tommy wasn't in love with Mark. In some way. Yeah, like the the movie says he slept on the couch or whatever because there was only one bed. No, they slept together and they did some stuff. Yeah. Oh, I fucking <laughs> love this. Uh, the phone rings and Pop answers it. And then he walks into the middle of the diner and says, that was the Black Hood, everybody. He says we failed the test because this is how you disseminate information. You call the fucking chocolate shop so he can tell everyone at 4 a.m. What's no, it's like fucking 5 a.m. because it's almost sun up. So good. This is such a- this is so fucking insane. There are fucking literally uh, two, five people in, in this diner. It's like, that was him, everybody. We're all sinners. <laughs> we failed the test. <laughs> the great thing about <laughs> the great thing about it is you know that like like Pops is the one who broke and broke the, the 20, 48 hour rule. Like it was him specifically. Like he did some like real heinous <laughs> shit. Oh yeah, Pops is a dirty uh, bird. I was about to say, like, and we get to see his dump his dump truck of an ass in that scene as well. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's the episode. God, this was like a real funny and weird episode. I love it. Yeah, this this got fucking bizarre. Yeah. All right, I guess we can attempt to make an AU out of this one. Oh boy, <laughs> How are we going to? Oh boy. They barely made it within the Riverdale AU. Yeah, this is this is not a coherent episode. All right. So, our three options are a boy band AU, Quidditch <laughs> AU, or a photographer AU. Like, how I want to somehow make this a Quidditch AU, but I don't know how we would do it. Uh, okay, sure. Uh, so, they are uh, not at Riverdale, they're at Hogwarts. Uh, much like in book two, there is a serial killer going around killing wizards. It's no good. And he sent a howler to the Great Hall and said, don't be naughty for 48 hours and I'll stop. And uh, they're all on the Quidditch team. That's why it's a Quidditch AU. Okay, yeah. Uh, Professor Peabody calls in Jughead, says, I'm calling in the favor that... You owe me. You're going <clears> to <throat> deliver uh, these broomsticks to Hogsmeade for me. Um, and on the way there, uh, maybe not Hogsmeade, because I think Hogsmeade is within walking distance. <clears throat> um, some other fucking wizard shit. Diagon Alley. What in Harry Potter. Sure, yes. They have to go to Diagon Alley, and they're taking the... I mean, it wouldn't be a flying car because it's not strictly Harry Potter. We're trying to do, we're trying to do like the Wizarding World, but maybe they're all, maybe they are on broomsticks. They're carrying this crate on broomsticks, and one of their broomsticks breaks down. Um, and a very creepy man picks them up in a truck. Sure, why not? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't fucking know. Tells them about the Hogwarts. I mean, I mean, tells them about the Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> this reminds me of the Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> Um, back when a giant snake was killing people, and that could be it again. You're all sinners. I don't fucking know. I don't know what I'm doing, Jesse. I don't. I don't know. 
This is this this doesn't So, okay. That's one thing, I guess. How how do we do the Kevin? How do we how do we do the Kevin at at Veronica one? <laughs> uh I guess they're having his I don't cuz his dad's involved and they're but, doing but a they wouldn't be able to do those things can but but they wouldn't be able to do a sleepover. Well, actually, well, okay. actually no, you so know what? No, they would be able to do a sleepover because the boys can't go into the girls' dormitory, but the girls can go right. into the boys. So that's why uh, they have a sleepover at his place. And then, like, where's his dad? Maybe this doesn't take place at Hogwarts. Maybe <clears> this is a different wizarding place that uh, isn't a boarding school. What if this was in America and, like, they just they just don't give a shit about their students? Like, they do in America. Yeah, because J.K. Rowling doesn't know how big America is and thinks there's only one wizarding school in America. That's insane. So they're at Riverdale School for Witches and Wizards in the town of Riverdale, where they also live. Yeah. Okay. And so they don't live at the school. They they just commute because why the fuck not? Who yeah, cares? and they and they and they uh, did the smart thing because if you could hide if you could hide a huge fucking manor. I mean, who's fucking castle with, like, a whole goddamn forest and stuff. Maybe you can hide a town. Yeah. I mean, they basically do, because they hide Hogsmeade as well. Yeah, so, like, like just hide a town. Just hide the whole town. You know? Maybe it's just a wizard town. Yeah. That- Alright, so, uh, they're having a sleepover at Kevin's, and then Veronica tries to fuck his dad. Problem solved. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. He's a, his dad's an R, who really sucks at catching the Stark wizard who's been murdering students. So she tries to fuck him to prove a point. Yeah, so it's like, yo, you're you're hot, I guess. She she goes into his creepy basement and sees him doing wizard push-ups and says, boy, with your wife stationed overseas in wizard army, it must be really hard on you dealing with all that pressure of the Black Hood. You know, that really hard pressure... That could be on me. If only there were some way you could relieve that pressure. Yes. And, uh, yeah, and Kevin goes, walks downstairs like a fucking four-year-old walking down to, like, a dinner party. And says, are you my new mommy? <laughs> nah, nah. Um, and it, and, uh, I guess they, tri- I guess, like, she was right in Betty and her, like, trail him and it turns out they're fucking the whatever the whatever the the mayor the wizard the wizard, mayor. The wizard, the wizard mayor. mayor yeah <clears throat> uh we also have to do uh Josie uh who is they have singers in the wizarding they had like the hex girls or whatever and she's trying to be a solo artist yeah um and then the the filch equivalent is creeping on her um but she thinks it's actually the fuckboy wizard student you know, the muscle wizard, and, which I desperately want to yeah. play. I desperately want to play a wizard <laughs> that just punches people so hard. Wait, well, I could just put like one level on Monk and then rest of the yeah. This is what I'm going to do. By the way, I'm going to be playing a muscle wizard in a, in a D&D game suit because, you know, why not? Um, but yeah, the muscle wizard. Because it's like, yo, why I go to wizard church. i'm a good i'm a good wizard boy i don't follow wizard hitler yeah or his flacky other wizard hitler but okay we did it 
we we solved the AU. Yep. <laughs> now, do you want to do, right, do Jesse, what, what we do? So this is the day before. Uh, so just to drop the curtain a little bit, this is the day oh, before yeah. the election, and this might be the last time we could make fun of Libs for only reading Harry Potter. We need, we know, you know, we need to sort them into houses. Oh Jesus! All right, fine. I mean, Archie's Gryffindor. That's obvious. Jughead's I th- Slytherin. He has to be Slytherin. He's got a snake motif. Yeah, I think he's gonna be Slytherin, but like the the type of Slytherin yeah. that all the like the fucking Tumblr at like woo woo shitheads are just like, well, you, you're yeah. just clever. Honestly, Betty. Uh, I think is sorted into Ravenclaw, but should be in Slytherin. It's one of those things where the sorting hat was like, I can't decide. And she's like, I want to be in Ravenclaw. Yeah, and uh, um, I think Veronica Veronica would be in Gryffindor as well. I could see it. Mostly because Gryffindor just seems to be like the jocks and preps. Yeah. Um, yeah, Betty should should rightfully be in, be in Slytherin, but yeah, she's definitely probably in Ravenclaw. Um, I think I think Josie, I think Josie would be. Um, she's a she Hufflepuff. Be a Hufflepuff, yeah. Yeah, I think Kevin's also a Hufflepuff, uh, for sure. Uh, Moose is probably a Gryffindor just because he's got muscles. Uh, Chuck's probably a Gryffindor, to be honest. Yeah. I think you know uh, what? I think Reggie, though, one hundred percent Slytherin. Like he's he's slinging all that wizard drug. I could see that. I could see yeah. it. Yeah. Um. Who who else is Tony's a Slytherin? I mean, she's just, all the serpents are Slytherin. We don't even have to worry about that. Uh, who who else is in this fucking show? Uh, uh, Cheryl. Cheryl. Ooh, see, this is a thing. See, I want to go Hufflepuff for just because, like, you know, she gets along with everyone because she's like super. Mm-hmm. She's super gay for everyone. Well, I don't. She. I don't think she does get along with everyone. Mm-hmm. I think she insults everyone. See, okay, I don't want to say Slytherin either, but I think she'd be a Slytherin as well. Yeah, I feel like she's a Slytherin. I mean, she's from like a purebred family, has wealth. It's a very Slytherin niche. I could also see Gryffindor because I don't think she fears anything. Yeah, and she's got red hair. I you think know? I think you'd have to. I think you'd have to do Gryffindor for her. Mm. Yeah, uh, Gryffindors also have a lot of purebreds and rich people. Yeah. Um, so that's fine. You know. Uh. Okay. Yeah. I. I did we, I think we did uh, it. Did we get anyone else? Are we missing anyone? Uh, no one important, I don't think. Yeah, I think we got everyone. From the kids' side. Yeah, I think we got everyone. I mean, we okay. could put we could put Ethel in there, but she's she's a, she's oh, a Hufflepuff. Yeah. yeah, she's a Hufflepuff or one of the shitty Gryffindors. Or, one of the yeah. Two. Which really, if you think about it, Hufflepuffs are just shitty Gryffindors. <laughs> They're just yeah. the non-jock Gryffindors. Um, all right, so Jesse, what do you got to recommend for our listener? Well, uh, Nintendo last week stealth released uh, the Switch port of No More Heroes 1 and 2. Oh, and cool. um, I would suggest playing it. Um, it's it's real fun, like, uh, you play as this like shitty otaku dude, otaka, otaka, otaku dude, who's just like, hey, I'm gonna kill like at least 10 people so I can touch a single titty. Um, and, uh, and it's just, it's just fun. It just oozes with style. It's like, kind of like that early two thousands, like cell shading kind of art mm-hmm. and just the, the combat's like real fun, not, but not too hard. And it's just a real fun game. And it's only like, it's only like 20 bucks, you know, you get like 10 hours out of it probably. Nice. And 
you know, I would, I would suggest playing it. I haven't not played No More Heroes 2 yet at all, but I heard that it's better. So, got that one as well. I think I've heard that yeah. as well. All right. Uh, as for myself, I will recommend a show on Netflix, I guess. It was pretty good. Not, I'm not, like, crazy about it, but it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Uh, it's called Barbarians. Uh, it's a German show, which was a kind of refreshing change of pace for me um, to hear German instead of, you know, like, Spanish or Japanese or Korean. Uh, but it's about... Uh, I, I have... Arminius, I guess, is his historical name as well, but um, there was a point during Rome's empire where they were trying to conquer all the Germanic tribes, and uh, as part of that, uh, they took the sons from many uh, chieftains, and one of them was raised in Rome and became like a a prefect or whatever, a commander in the in the Roman army. Uh, came back home for Rome's campaign against the Germans, defected to the German side, united all the Germanic tribes, and waged war against Rome pretty successfully for quite a while because he knew all of Rome's tactics. And so it's uh, a dramatic uh, retelling of that. Um, it's only six episodes. Uh, pretty pretty easy watch. Also, I think all the Romans in the show. They're either speaking Italian or actual Latin. I can't really tell because I don't really know Italian either. But it's very cool to have a, a multilingual show like that uh, that historically works. Um, and they even do some cool bits where, like, uh, if a, a German chieftain is talking to... Or, sorry, actually, Germanic chieftain because they're not unified. Um, is talking to, you know, like, uh, what the Roman commander... Uh, they won't subtitle uh, what the Roman is speaking because you have to wait for the translator to translate it. Which I think is a cool little thing. I I really like it when uh, shows and movies take in context who is speaking to who and would they be able to understand each other when it comes to that stuff. Mm -hmm. It it adds like another layer to it because sometimes you'll have it like I I am forgetting the name of this movie, but there's one where like. Uh, this dude just did, could not understand like any of the any of the stuff pe- anyone was saying. Um, and whenever someone was yelling at him, you would never know what they're saying. But whenever they're speaking to each other, it's subtitle it. So like you would get like this like mm. it. I don't know. Immerse it like it. I don't know. It allows me to have to send my disbelief even better. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right, uh, Jesse. I believe it is your turn to sign us yeah, out. Yeah. Um, yeah, this has been Riverdale, and I guess, like, this is, I, I guess I'm the I'm a creepy janitor who's, like, very obviously leaving you, like, presents. Also, like, I'm at least 10 feet away from you, and I will glance up anytime you mention something creepy. Hey, Jesse, do you know what, what that reminds me of? The Riverdale <laughs> Reaper. <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Self-identify as a loner, not a pack animal.